Hey guys, really quick. I genuinely hate, I hate to do this, but, uh, something's kind of happened. Uh, long story short, I, my sister and my best friend, some of you know, Ms. Deej, bought a house last year and the foundation work turns out was really shitty. Um, again, long story short, it cost us 30 grand and we just don't have that. Uh, the reason I'm being kind of quiet and kind of weird is because Deej doesn't know this. So it's kind of fun. Kind of on the DL. This is in no way affiliated with Fumbling Four. This is just me. I'm just lucky enough to have this platform to ask if anyone has even a penny to spare. It would be genuinely greatly appreciated. And also, for anyone curious why Deech doesn't know I'm doing this, he hates asking for help. I just can't stand here. Just watching as my best friend struggles through something like this, I, I I just want to help him any way I can. The link will be in the show notes. It's a GoFundMe called Emergency Foundation Work. Thanks again, guys. Bonjour, everybody. I weave a turkey. Welcome back to the <laughs> welcome back to the Warhammer Lorecast. With my co-host, I am your I am your host, Naked Mango, and with me is my co-host, Almighty Crit. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, are we are we are we both hosts now? Is that, is that how this works? <laughs> uh, all right, fine. With Mister No Name. <laughs> Mr. McLean. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Fuck you, Dale. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Magnus the Red, Primarch of the Thousand Suns, also known as the Crimson King and the Red Cyclops. That name just sounds so fucking cool. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Magnus the Red? No, the, the Cyclops one. The red cyclops. Yeah, the red cyclops. Like that just sounds intimidating. Just because he's a giant red boy. My goodness. So anyway, sorry I interrupted. Go ahead. <laughs> a giant of both physical and mental terms. He was the. Well, I don't know if I don't think he was the only Primark, but he was the biggest and best Primarch by far when it came to psychic abilities. He constantly he constantly to begin, he, all Primarchs were warriors. He was also pretty much straight up scientist trying to understand the warp and the psychers and things like that. He was convinced he would be able to control what he called the great ocean of psychic energy that was in the few more names for him being the Sorcerer of Prospero, the Logos Maxima, the Cyclopean Giant. He was unique amongst the Primarchs. While all of them were, all of the Primarchs were arguably Mommy's special little boys, he was, like I said, tremendously powerful when it came to Psychic Corps. 
And to that extent, he was able to channel a lot of his psycho abilities into his physical form as well. While the uh, many of the other Primarchs had similar-ish abilities, they kind of shied away from it. Um, they mostly used it like defensively, not like like even subconsciously. It was mostly just like to enhance their own abilities or they to, to like hold off demon possession and shit like that. He dove headfirst into being a psych. Magnus is also the only Primarch ever to meet the Emperor in the warp while the Emperor walked around on the warp while he was exploring. I kind of feel like that's a detail we shouldn't just gloss over. He, I'm sorry, he's the only one to have ever met the Emperor in the warp. Yeah, because nobody else ever went to the <laughs> Everybody, like, the Emperor was like, the, the, the warp is bad, stay away. And everybody else was like, gotcha, gotcha, Dad. Magnus was like, but is it though? <laughs> Trying to explore it. This explains so much about him in the future. <laughs> uh, Magnus was another reason Magnus was unique amongst the Primarchs was that he actually remembers his origin, even so far as like he remembers being in a test tube. He remembers being a test tube baby. <laughs> yeah. No wonder this guy's such so fucked up. It's rumored that the reason Magnus was so powerful as a psyker was that. So it's pretty commonly believed that each of the Primarchs had their own special skill set, special abilities, supposed to represent cer certain aspects of the Emperor's will. It's pretty commonly believed that Magnus was his psychic capabilities made manifest, essentially. Magnus was found once. once Chaos Gods spread all the Primarchs. Magnus wound up on a colony world called Prospero. Prospero was a planet that had been a pretty wildly populated planet full of psychers who possessed it's considered a mutant ability because it's not normal. So psychers are considered mutants. It's just that depending on what they do they're considered tolerable mutants similar to abhumans like ratlings uh, ratlings uh, maybe it is ratlings yeah because it's not the skaven the ratlings they had chosen prospero the humans had chosen prospero because it's not easily accessed from the outside world because most people think of they already hate mutants you add psychers on top of that they're like ah bad taint they only have the bad touch. <laughs> what the fuck? They were generally, you know, shunned, feared, and damn near executed. They were, you know, they just they just weren't treated right by humanity, so they chose this planet to fuck off into the ether. Whatever uh, Magnus landed on Prospero, his capsule landed in the central planet these planets only like a major city which was called Tisca the city of light Magnus became the ward of the psychic scholars and leaders of Prospero and very quickly pretty much learned everything they had to, to teach as a psyker only a couple of years he had 
completely surpassed everyone in the order. Notably Amon, who was the like the leader of this of the scholars. By the time he mastered his own abilities, he was by far the most powerful psyker on the and eventually he started a campaign to rid Prospero of the Psychnoen, which is a psychic predator beast that roamed around and pretty much just they, they hunted psych psychers seemingly. If nothing else, they were meat eaters and they had and seemingly from what I, if I'm reading this correctly, they hunted enough people multiple times throughout Prosper's history, humanity was almost wiped out. Which natu uh, naturally, Magnus wound up being leader of Prospero. He unified all of the different cults of sorcerers, which at this point had been working together, but not as a whole. They were, it was just a bunch of different, it was different groups of people coming, occasionally coming together. And this started Prospero's first true, like first true piece in its period. Uh, Prospero, at this point, Prospero became known as a planet of physically and spiritually beautiful people. Yeah, Magnus also set himself the task of of consolidating the like all of the knowledge of the warp and then once he had learned all of it, all he could he that's when he started trying to explore it and learn everything learn everything there was to know to help him out in this he built a what he called a great library within a pyramid where all of the knowledge he basically built the library of alexander where all knowledge was accessible to everyone and it was all knowledge that they had. While it was during this time that he was exploring the warp, trying to learn about it, and he found the Emperor. He noticed a massive psychic force in the ether and it led him to meet Papa. When the Emperor, of course, noticed Magnus and took his fleets to Prospero, and the Emperor, he and Magnus immediately just kind of like hugged and started talking like they had known each other. Different times. And this was, this is another thing that this became another reason where Magnus was kind of different from his other, from his brothers, because once the Emperor found Magnus, instead of being like, here's your legion, let's go, him and the Emperor and Magnus started the, the tag team learning about the warp together. And the Emperor spent, like, they spent a couple of decades together just researching. And eventually, the Emperor was like, mm, we've learned a lot. Uh, here's even more that I know. And he didn't necessarily tell him to stop, but he was like, you gotta be careful. There's things out there you don't know about. Then they left, and Great Crusade goes on. The 
15th Legion, which were known as the Thousand Sons, had inherited Magnus' psychic talents because they were the ones that received his gene seed, of course, and were given to him. That being said, this is one of the first incarnations of... Well, this is one of the first mentions of genetic mutations that we learn about. Theirs was called the Flesh Change, uh, it, which caused organ rejection and muscle instability. Lead, the Legion was dramatically under strength because of these problems, and eventually it was brought into question, like, should we even keep them around? Like, it's just there's just not enough, and we can't, the Gene Seed just isn't working like it's supposed to. It was said that the Legion got its name because only about a thousand Stardies were a part of everyone outside. Holy shit! Yeah, exactly. This, of course, was up until the, this. This was their story up until the point that they had met Magnus, and I mean, it didn't exactly get better. They were actually, instead of Magnus flying off with the Emperor and joining his Thousand Sons Legion in the Crusade, they were actually left at Prospero with him. And this is this is this is where uh, a lot of people in the Imperium were like, mm, "We should just we should get rid of them. Stop putting gene seeds in them." And they wanted to the knives. It's current. But Magnus begged the Emperor to let him like start doing research and try to fix this because, like all Primarchs, they was like, "These are basically my children. These are my sons." not just kill them let's see if we can't fix this gene seed problem the emperor was like fine <laughs> after several decades fine of pretty much desperate just desperation magnus was actually arguably successful the mutation the, these these mutations finally stopped that being said, the mutation stopped, but it had a it had a pretty fucking big cost. Magnus lost his right eye, and he started talking to demons, basically. Jesus. Yeah. He didn't understand that they were demons because at, at this time the emperor, the emperor didn't deny that there were there was chaos in the warp, but he never talked to anyone about it. If anybody was like, "Hey, I think I met somebody in the warp," he's like, "You shouldn't. Don't do that." And they were like, "Well, why not?" And he's like, mm, "Just don't do it." He basically gaslit anyone who tried to. For the, for the most part, people people didn't know about the warp, and if they did, they thought it was just some big. Essentially, it was just the afterlife. There's nothing there. It's just reality. Agnes started talking into the the chaos god Zinch. He had been convinced by him that he had outsmarted the demons and had found a cure for his legion. But all he did 
realistically is temporarily stop the mutations for his right eye, really. And this was pretty much Zinch's plot to make Magnus arrogant and to keep delving deeper and deeper into the warp chaos. And this this made Magnus start researching what is called sorcery, which is different from like I shouldn't say it's different. It's it's a different way of looking at psychers, I guess. It's more magic and less sci-fi voodoo. Mm. It comes along with like sigils and like when you when you look at the Thousand Suns, they're not called psychers, they're called sorcerers, and they've got like fucking blowing robes and staffs and they draw sigils and shit like that. It's very much it. So essentially it's like D&D if we're going to put it in D&D terms it'd be like the um, psionics versus the actual spellcasters like sorcerers and wizards. Essentially. Psionics yeah. rely on more mental manifestations of magic. You know basically sheer willpower would be a psyker. Yes. Like this is what I am physically capable of without yes. any sort of external influences. Whereas magic and sorcery and Warhammer is more of a I'm going to rely heavily on external influences to amplify what's already existent within me. Uh, or if I don't have anything within me, I can just use these external influences. Little column A, little column B, because it's still very much they still very much are psychers. It's still mostly willpower. Mm-hmm. It's just that they've learned how to do like massive they're even called spells. For instance, at one point, they they caused. We haven't talked much about this. The gene seed in the space wolves. They attacked a bunch of different planets to get the space wolves to deploy most of their fleets to this region. And once they were there, if you looked at it like a sky view, which is hard to do because of course you're in space, the planets were attacked and things were done to the planets in such a way that a sigil was activated that normally most people have only seen on a paper or in a city. They had done it to this entire galaxy or cluster of planets, whatever you want to call them. So that each of the planets was its own individual market for this big symbol that caused their gene seed to freak the fuck out. And a lot of people lost their battle with the fight for the beast within. That's the kind of like quote unquote magic they do. They just take, they take, so yes. So they still have all the side. They still do the willpower. It's just they also have studied and researched ways to take it one step farther. Yeah. So they're, it seems like they're more reliant on the, the essence of chaos, essentially, to 100%. cast these spells. 100%. When it comes to big stuff like that, yes, very much so. So it's kind of like there's two opposing forces of magic in the universe. There's, physical mortal plane for lack of better words magic and then there's chaos the the beyond all quote-unquote magic comes from the warp the warp in and of itself is not evil or good it's whatever the person does with what chaos does so it's like this i'm I'm about to take a stance here sorry for anyone who listens who feels a certain (laughs) way just this is just a metaphor pop your fucking ass down if you were to sit if you were to if the warp is a gun and you set that gun on the table nothing would happen if chaos Mm -hmm. chaos would be 
somebody walking in and picking up the gun and being like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. <laughs> Chaos is just something that comes in and doesn't necessarily corrupt the warp. They can they corrupt people into using the warp a certain way. And then through so, the okay, so, so th- and through their influences, depending on the, the chaos god, they certain changes happen. For instance, Zinch, really big on birds for some fucking reason. So if you're specifically using the warp that Zinch is providing, or you're using his particular flavor of the warp that he is like, this is how you do this. You're gonna start sprouting feathers and shit. <laughs> Okay, so okay, I, I think I'm starting to get it now. Not to get too far off the Primarch mm-hmm. himself, but I mean, this is important. Yeah, the magic, magic is essentially just one thing. It's the warp. Yes, the warp is the magic. Mm-hmm. It is how you use the magic. It's neither good nor bad. It's a neutral force that tailors itself to you, and will even tailor you to itself. So, like you said, if you're if you're using Zinch's, you know, particular flavor of the warp, then you'll start to sprout feathers mm-hmm. and become more beard like, bird like in appearance beard-like. and <laughs> beard like, yeah, dragon bearded, bearded dragon. <laughs> this, of course, is very dumbed down. I'm sure there's going to be a couple of people out there who are like, well, technically, I get it. I'm just trying to like. We're low barring it right now, just trying to give some. Info. Yeah, we'll we'll get into the nitty gritties later. <laughs> this is more of a this. We're we're in the introductory phase for anybody who's you know wanting to know more about Warhammer. This is just introduction, because from what I've seen about the warp, it's a lot more confusing than this. Oh God, yes, <laughs> uh, which is meant to be. You're not supposed to understand. But the entire point behind the warp is that we as humans cannot truly comprehend it. Which is a genius way to write something. If you don't want to explain it. (laughs) You'll never be able to understand it. Uh, Okay. So anyway, more about this Primark. (laughs) Because of all of these setbacks and the pretty much how most people were like, you guys are looking pretty fucked. I think maybe we should just disband. Like, let's move on. You guys just aren't worth it. The Thousand Sons and, of course, Magnus had formed an incredibly close emotional bond with with each other. Approximately a hundred years after it had begun, the Thousand Sons Legion was finally allowed to join Crusade as the 28th Expeditionary. When the Legion was first created, it was used to kind of get rid of the last few pockets of resistance that remained on Terra. Resistance against the Emperor. Pretty much, pretty much the, the he, they were used to douse the fires from that were left over from the Unification Wars. Makes sense. Then uh, about five years after they joined is when they started really coming into their own as psychers. And most people were like, surprisingly most but like a lot of people were like oh this is super fucking useful this one guy just walked in and just like lit a bunch of people on fire and we didn't have to sit here in a firefight for, you know three days thanks guy yeah throughout these campaigns they continuously used even now they were being called sorcerers they considered to use 
their abilities to quell rebellions and things like that. And entire populations of planets were like, oh, the, this is power. The, if, if we were to follow somebody, it needs to be something like this. And with all of this, specifically my boy Lehman Russ and the Space Wolves were like, hmm, hmm, hmm. If you're not punching him in the face, <laughs> you're a bitch and we don't trust you, which I'm against. Love my Space Wolves. Love Lehman Russ. This was too far for me. I, I don't like their abject hatred of all things that aren't getting punched in the face. I granted, a lot of, a lot of, I will say this to date. A lot of space wolves have matured. They they have learned. This is why it's great having the great the current great wolf Logan Grimnar. He's old as fuck, so he's not just like he's like I could rip you in half, but also I have a gun. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's they're they're growing, and I love it. We 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 love a growth. I believe that's about as far as I'm gonna go before we get too far into the crusade and the heresy and all of that how we feeling so far any questions about magnus anything like that yeah <laughs> i mean i'll have more questions when we get past the horse heresy that's, that's fair <sighs> i should also say weirdly enough <laughs> in everything i just looked at everything i'm seeing i'm not seeing anything about the way he looks so i'm just gonna describe to you what he looks like in some of these pictures he's tall as shit He's a Primarch. They all are. He is like neon fucking red. Red, red. Red hair, red bushy ass hair. He looks like a fucking Dynasty Warriors character. Like just crazy ass red hair. His his armor has these big fucking like horns come out of the nipples. It's weird. He wears like golden armor on his red skin. It's like... <laughs> Like when he, everything I've said so far, he's like he's a scholar and a researcher, and a scientist, and he likes magic. And you look at him, and he's like this fucking nine and a half, ten foot tall slab of red meat, golden armor covered at spikes. And you think, what to say? He uses a big ass axe. Um, yeah, during the crusades and shit like that, he is impressive to look at. <laughs> Well, and the thing is with him, like this, okay, I'll say this much because I found some imagery. He's the first Primarch I've ever seen, I think, to this point that actually has multiple outfit changes. <laughs> I think it's because I'm not just talking about after the Horus Heresy. There's even one image of him here in a scholarly robe. Yeah, just like straight up robes. Yeah. Yeah, just straight up robes. Not not he's not donning his heavy armor or anything. I will say he keeps the same what looks like head mantle. He keeps that same thing throughout all his outfits, and it's like a crown slash. I don't know what you call it, like a crown slash faceplate. I guess adorned with like one solitary jewel in the center. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but for the most part, his it looks like his battle uniform is, yeah, horn nipples. That's real, it's a real weird. <laughs> I don't know what this game has with horns, but these are the weirdest ones I've seen. <clears throat> uh, right here, we have Magnus Red, a.k.a. Horn Nipples. <laughs> Someone's cold. <laughs> anyway, mid-break. <laughs> uh, yeah, mid-break time. All right, let's go to the mid-break. <laughs> 
welcome to the mid break. Break a break a break. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Fucking DJ Khaled over here. <laughs> We're gonna thank our patrons as always. We got Cat Mando and Levi Amarine in our servitor tier. Chris Slate, Banetta the Bard, aka Banetta Bardwalker. I am Alfarius and Evie from HR and our Corndog tier. Oh Remington Cloutier and our Imperial Guard tier. And the Seven Sins and our Adeptus Fumblest tier. Don't forget to check out Patreon, guys. I've been posting random little snippets that are either exclusive or extremely early to uh, what I've started posting things on YouTube as well for just just the just the fee of a coffee a day just the fee just the small fee of not paying for a small child's meal just a dollar <laughs> what the fuck you could no, join pay for the small team. child's fee no pay for that child's meal it's not your child who gives a shit <laughs> I give shits I give all the shits. The only child I have is Iris. She's not even mine. That's my niece. I, I have, she has like three sacks of food in the closet. She's fine. <laughs> three sacks of food. That's a dog. The fuck? My girlfriend, this is the my, way you said it. My girlfriend's Thai Cambodian. Maybe it's rice, you fucking bitch. Anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh God. For as low as a dollar a month, you can get, you know, ad free, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we, we give up merch and stuff like that all the time. We're slowly, shouldn't say slowly, we're in talks of kind of starting to do random stuff and we're always trying to include you guys. Started doing Community Fridays where we play games like Goose Goose Duck or uh, SCP Secret Laboratory, just games with big, big, pretty decent sized lobbies. Uh, so you guys can join mm-hmm. us. We can hang out with you guys every Friday. One of the one of the fumblers is actually talking about opening up a huge Minecraft server. We're doing a thing with Power Worlds, where anybody mm-hmm. like, once Power Worlds officially not officially takes off, but once some of their bigger updates come, we're going to start. Uh, we're going to allow you guys to hop in our our server, and we're trying to treat it like a whole Pokemon thing. Crit wants to explain yeah. that he can. Yeah, can so it's. It's basically we're we're already in the midst of doing it. I've spending I've been spending countless hours as Mango can attest to trying to build up resources to build giant scale cities to just have massive wars and outbreaks in. And we're also going to be having as, as the fumbling four isn't four people, as I'm sure you're aware. We have lots of hosts and uh, streamers on this team. So we're going to give each one of them their own faction. And we're going to kind of treat this like a Warhammer kind of thing. We're going to go war to war with factions. And uh, we're going to pick like our best fighters to have, you know, each other fight each other in this giant arena. Um, We're going to call it the murder pit. Uh, (laughs) It's just going to be a good all out fun time. If you ever just wanted to like chill out and just like, I just want to shoot people today. Or I want to kill somebody else's pals. Like, this is the server for you. Just come hang out, choose your faction, and decide who you're going to murder. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of how we're going to do it. It's re- it's really a downplayed version of what we're really doing. I mean, when I say I'm gathering resources, 
I have close to a million stone right now. I am adamantly that, gathering resources. And as anybody who's ever played Cow World can tell you, that took like two and a half hours of work. But <laughs> no, I'm just joking. He's he really he's been playing like every day for the uh, since the game came out. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy it. We're really trying to come up with different ways that we can interact with you guys as a community. All of that's free. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with my Patreon. I'm just trying to guilt trip you into giving me a dollar. <laughs> I'm going to start releasing episodes. The goal is to start releasing episodes early on Patreon. Then eventually, here soon, I'm going to start posting episodes on YouTube as well. After they come out everywhere else. It's, I, we got plans. All right. We got lots of plans. We got lots of plans. We're taking off. We're special. This is a real company, you bunch of assholes. <laughs> I will say with our YouTube ventures, we're also going to be having some real fun with our YouTubes here soon. The Fumbling for Studios YouTube has one video on it right now. Um, it's a video of me from like three years ago. Uh, <laughs> you had hair then. But, uh, yeah, I had hair then. Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we're going to we got some big plans. Um, we're going to be pushing forward into YouTube, going to do a lot more in the content creation market just to, you know, it's just something else for you, the fans to get away, you know, have some fun with. That's the whole reason we do all these podcasts. That's the reason why you hear my voice in like 19 million shows is because this is for you. This is an escape. You know, we all get it. Reality sucks. Life's tough. And so come shoot a rat on Power World. Yeah, so come shoot random people on Power World and steal their pals and you know, just you <laughs> just chill pals. out, have fun. You take my pals just out of your fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> I think they fixed that glitch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, these everything we do content creation wise is for you. A nice little release. And that's not going to change when we start transitioning into YouTube. We have some uh game shows that we're looking at doing on our YouTube channel. We got all kinds of stuff. It's just going to take, it takes money. It takes time. And, uh, you know, a lot of this is funded straight out of our own pockets. It takes time times two. Times so. times two. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of this is funded out of our pockets. So if you want to help us, uh, Patreon's a great way to do that. You know, it helps us grow. It helps us be able to pump out more of the content that good, good you love to steal a quote from uh, some of our friends over at uh, another show. The um, lovely, lovely people over at The First Encounter. But our super good <laughs> friends that we don't remember the name of. Yeah, I know I remember the name. I just, <laughs> it just, just took me a minute. First Encounter. It's 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 Chris and Haney. I know their names. <laughs> just to give you guys an idea, I, I have four jobs, including the two I do for Fumbling Four. And I work mm-hmm. like 16 hours a day. Please give mm-hmm. me a dollar. I beg. Please, sir. Can I have some more? I have no shame. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but yeah, that's where if you ever asked and you ever wondered, that's where your money's going. We're creating all this stuff, this fun stuff for you. It helps us to pay the fun stuff's bills. So and also, and also give you guys dope ass merch. <laughs> Yo. But anyway, speaking of dope ass merch, thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our patrons. And it's time for me to talk about what I brought today, right? It's my turn. Uh, depends on what you brought. Oh, I guess you can go first. Air, I guess. <laughs> so similar to last week, 
I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna keep giving reminders because we are I, I'm a social person. I like to meet I, if you're my fan, if you wanna fight me, whatever, I would like to meet you. Me, Crit, and possibly some others, not a clue if anybody else wants to join us on the team. I haven't talked to him about it. I forget I work with other people. <laughs> we will be going to Adepticon this year in March in Indiana. You guys are more than welcome and, in fact, invited to come meet us, come hang out. Yeah, we, we, we love to meet you guys. We love hanging out and talking. Now snap at some pics for the Graham. Signatures are $500. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He gets the zeros and I get five. <laughs> I left me speechless. Just kidding. Like, I'm just kidding. I'll sign shit. I don't care. Yeah, I was going to say, like, can you imagine being so pretentious to be like, hey, oh my you have to God. pay me to write for you? <laughs> you mean like almost every celebrity ever? I mean, go continue. What? Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I, so <laughs> hot take. I'm not against it. Charge for your signature because I get it. You can then that person can turn around and sell that shit for like $800. But that's what you get for being famous. Don't charge mm-hmm. me for you being famous. I'll pay for your yeah. signature. Five dollars maximum. I, I I will never charge. I I will stand here right now, no matter how big we get. I will never charge to sign something for someone. I say I, this now. You can quote it. You can put it on a T-shirt. You can even make me sign that T-shirt. I will never charge someone to pay for a signature for me. I can't imagine being <laughs> so famous that I would feel the need to. Ugh. So I I will not agree with you. <laughs> but I will not say that I will charge because I cannot imagine ever coming to a point in my life where I'm like, you know what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, off on our tangent, we're going. Yeah. We're going to Adepticon. We're yeah, we're going to Adepticon. Come hang out. Come meet us. We keep we keep going down rabbit trails today. <laughs> we do. It's it's a rabbit trail kind of day. <laughs> so what uh, what'd you bring, Chris? I brought two merch items. Since you're since you're going to be spending all this time talking about Adepticon, I figured I'll pick up the pick up the pieces and I'll bring some merch. Who are you? So uh, you ready for this? No. In honor of the thousand sons, I brought. I'm pregnant. Uh, <laughs> it's it's yours. Uh, <laughs> I brought the first merch item, which is All Is Dust Thousand Suns Chaos t-shirt on Amazon. Link for this will be in the show notes. But it is multiple colors. You can get it in purple, brown, asphalt gray, navy blue, and black. And it's pretty cool. It has the Thousand Suns logo on it. And it literally just says All Is Dust. And it's pretty legit. I kind of want one just because it looks cool. <laughs> and the grand total price on that is $19.99. So that's the first merch item I brought for you today. It's the cheapest thing we've brought in a long time. I know. <laughs> wow. I mean, honestly, this stuff's expensive. Yeah, Warhammer's <laughs> not cheap. <laughs> so the second one I brought, it's still in the cheap range and it's pretty cool. So I have brought an Adeptus Mechanicus Thurumble. Warhammer 40k sensor. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, this does not mean it's a robotic sensor that you know you stick it up and it detect, detects things. No, this is a sensor that is used for like um, 
like sensi infusion and things like that. It's mostly used in like religious kind of practices. It's the it's the old ball and chain, as I like to call it. <laughs> You're just swinging around it's your wife. She's stank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not my wife. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So this is a designed, licensed Adeptus Mechanicus version of these sensors. And it is on Amazon for $54.80 right now. It's pretty cool. It is 53, I think it's 53 centimeters in diameter. It weighs 85 grams. Uh, so it's a pretty heavy kind of item. It's sturdy, it's durable, and it is actually usable as an infu- like a sensor infuser. So if you want one of those for cosplay or, you know, just personal use, go check it out on Amazon for $50 and 80 cents. Finish thy demons inside your home with this item. <laughs> uh, for the record, I Googled it because I was tired of the word sensor. A sensor is a container in which incense is burned, typically yes. during a re- religious ceremony. But it is, I guess, technically any... Anything where the incense is burned inside of it, not like on top of yep. it, like you see with the sticks. Mm-hmm. I had to Google it because it was driving me crazy. For the record, <laughs> specifically, a thermal is the one that priests use. Well, that's funny too because it's called a thermal sensor. <laughs> Fucking Warhammer. Uh, the I will say, smoke him. <laughs> I will say that I did look it up and it is an actual item in which the Adeptus Mechanicus does use in religious ceremonies. That's not surprising. So we'll have to get to that later and talk about that shit, but (laughs) purge the heresy before I fuck this toaster. (laughs) God. I gave myself a second Uh, penis for both slots. Anyway. Oh no. I'm done. So this is the time where we roll on into the uh, sponsors, huh? Uh, I can't do cartwheels anymore. I'm old and fat, but I'm not rolling well, anywhere. Well, then I'll roll on over to <laughs> Fanroll Dice and use the promo code AlmightyC10. That's A-L-L Mighty, the letter C and 10. And I'll save 10% off when I purchase some dice, dice accessories, you know, dice bags, all the Gucci stuff. <laughs> I'm a Gucci cooper. I, I rumor mill, rumor mill, don't know, cannot confirm. Uh, rumor mill, fan roll is going to come out with some pretty heavy duty dice kits coming out this year, supporting a lot of different games. So I'm hoping Warhammer's on that list too. But if it's not, don't worry. You can go get D6s and D10s and D20s. You can get kits at fan roll and you can save yourself 10% off by doing it. And they've got badass dice. Metal, diamond, not diamond, metal, gemstone, <laughs> wood, you know, rubber, you you name it, material-wise, they've got it, and they're super freaking sick, and they're pretty cheap, too. So, go on over to FanRoll, use the promo code ALMIGHTYC10, save yourself 10% off. Then you switch on over to Nixie Gaming, use the promo code LOZLORE, save yourself 10% off, switch and sw- switch accessories, controllers, docks, all the goody goods. Right now, their most popular and going item is the Wizard Controllers, aka the GameCube Controllers. I have two sets now uh, because I was, it was 
long story short, the silver ones were cool and I liked them, but I really, really, really wanted the orange ones. So for Christmas this year, Ariel got them for me. <laughs> so yeah, head on over to Nixie Gaming, use the code LOZ lore. And then finally, you can go ahead and charge on over to Dubby Energy. Dubby Energy. And use the promo code FUMBLING4 and save yourself 10% off. These are lovely, tasty energy drinks, and they are healthy, they are good, and uh, they're pretty affordable. I mean, it's like 45 bucks for a tub, and it's 30 servings. And honestly, I have two here now. I made a big-ass show of it, all right? I was talking about the Palm Blom for fucking ever, and unfortunately, I didn't get to the store before they ran out, but they re-released it because of how well it did. So I went and bought one and I will say my favorite fucking flavor is Pom Blom, dude. That stuff is lit. <laughs> Believe that I, I didn't. I still have something left over from my last order, so I didn't get any. I've, I truly have yet to have a flavor that was delicious. Obviously, I oh have my, my favorites. Still a huge fan of the grenade one. I, they put fucking crack in their drinks. That's for damn sure. <laughs> it's so fucking good. But yeah, use the promo code FUMBLING4 and save yourself 10% off W Energy. And those are our sponsors. Thank you to our sponsors, by the way, for putting up with our bullshit. <laughs> or paying for our bullshit. I think positively. Yeah, positively. Fan Roll Dice, Nixie Gaming, W Energy. You guys are awesome. Just a quick correction on my part. I apparently, Aramethius pointed out that I did not specifically say that I had talked last week about how Gulliman wrote the Code of Sixtardes. That was well past the heresy. That was well post-heresy. I thought I had mentioned that. I apparently did not. And I apologize for anyone who was confused or thought separately. It was wrote post-heresy. Moving on, that's the end of the mid-break. Let's go to the end of the episode. The episode. Hey, Mango. What's We're up? back from the mid-break. You know what we forgot to talk about? Um, the fact that you too could save 15% or more by going to... No, because they don't sponsor. Public <laughs> Force I like how you did that. I was like, no, they're not a sponsor. <laughs> yes. We forgot to talk about Fumbling 4 Store. So Fumbling 4 Store, you can get all your Gucci lovely Fumbling 4 merch from shows ranging from Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries all the way to this lovely show, the Warhammer Lorecast. Anything that we do, you got a nice little merch item up there. And this year we're going to be adding tons of new merch items. And I'm actually going to be kitting some of these out as actual full on ensemble wardrobes. I've already started D&D uh, &D and Call of Cthulhu both have their full on wardrobes right now. Uh, we also did look around for pricing to see if we could find better price stores. Honestly, no, you can't. It's it's not that it's terrible. It's just a little pricier than we wanted, but it doesn't matter because you can head on over there. And I still believe our early bird special is going on where you can save 10% off on the merch store. I think there's a code at the front page still. If not, let me know. I'll check it out and I can always secretly add another one. <laughs> but yeah, go over there. Check it out. Fumbling4store.com. 
Warhammer.com. Have you released the Warhammer March yet? I haven't, but that's coming. That is coming soon because we have like, what, three designs that are ready yes. to drop? I want it. I want that fucking shirt. <laughs> that thing so yeah, head over to chest. the Fumbling Four store. Get it. Go. Now. Buy our shit. <laughs> so anyway, off to topic of uh, interest here. It's also my turn to talk on um, the lovely little Perlianet of Prospero. Perlianet. So before we start, uh, fun fact, Prospero is actually the name of the main protagonist and master sorcerer in William Shakespeare's The Tempest. It is also the name of a satellite of the gas giant Uranus in the soul system. That's pretty legit. (laughs) I was sitting here going, why have I heard this? Where have I heard this name before? It sounds like some sort of shitty, like half ass sorcerer name. Oh, yeah, it's because it is. <laughs> uh, so, Prospero. So, this is the original homeworld of the Thousand Suns. And uh, it was formerly in a certain region. We will get into that maybe later. <sighs> but anyway, <laughs> so a couple things I want to talk about here. So the history of this world, uh, Mango hinted at a little bit. It was originally chosen by the settlers because of its isolation. It also was chosen because it still remained within a certain distance of Terra, but it was far enough away that no other human colonies would bother to dick with it. Because like Mango had mentioned, there's a lot of outcasts and a lot of outsiders here. So... That being said, this kind of progressed and changed in during the Great Crusades because what was originally founded, there wasn't really any redeeming qualities of Prospero. There was no independent resources. There was really no contact with any outsiders for trade. There was really very few sources of nourishment. I mean, this this planet was it's a dead world. So during the Great Crusades, however, this kind of changed because it had actually developed into a paradise world. There were many vast buildings that were on this planet that were made out of massive gold and marble structures in the shape of pyramids. It, the planet was known for having, infamously, for having blue skies and gleaming Egyptian-esque architecture. The capital city was Tizga. And it was often referred to as the City of Light. This is where the Thousand Suns would later hold out against the Space Wolves in a giant battle because they were mistakenly declared traitors. We'll get into that later, too, I'm sure, won't we, Mango? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Trust me. (laughs) So Prospero's cleansing, finger quotes here, at the hands of the space wolves caused a lot of chaos. It left the planet in a very dilapidated, destroyed state. And at this point, it was kind of like, what do we do? So this is also what Prospero has been known for in the past is its home planetary defense system. They began to implement procedures to protect themselves in the future, as well as 
some of these defense systems already exist at the time when the Space Wolves came to cleanse the planet. And it is in the form of defense lasers that are sunk into reinforced silos thousands of miles beneath all of this planet's settlements. They are orbital fire platforms that have automated tracking stations, minefields, and a number of Legion warships. So after and even during this kind of like cleansing process, during the cleansing process, it wasn't there wasn't a terrible amount of defenses. They were just kind of like, oh, we're at peace. Really? Nobody gives a fuck about us. Then they started to up the ante and created this massive defense grid, which is insane. So a couple other things they instituted was they weren't terribly dumb when they built these major cities, especially their lovely little city of light, because they built their their homes on Prospero in ways in which they were reinforced, not only via their own defense systems, but also naturally occurring defense systems. So a couple of these defense systems were obviously the mountainscapes. Uh, inside these mountainscapes, they had defense laser grids and everything else kind of installed. And they were always towards the backside of the cities. So though you could attack from the fronts and the sides and they were kind of kind of open, you always had to face that ever looming threat of massive destruction coming from the heavens. Which is kind of intimidating when you really think about it. <laughs> so in addition to this, they also had the wilderness to defect to protect them. So Prospero was always appeared like a lush, green, dense, forested kind of area. It is a very, very destructive, sickening parasite, Xenofauna. It was the I'm going to try to say this, the psych psychnuian parasite. I think it's how you pronounce it. Psychnuian parasites. So basically, <laughs> so basically their life cycles would extend into the fabric of the Empyrean. That's what made them terrifying. They could, they could hide in anything. They could really, everything was susceptible to them and they hid in predatorial swarms and they would make massive impacts and destroying civilizations. They actually became hosted by none other than Lehman Russ and Constantin Valador at one point. Though I believe that these two actually gathered large quantities of them on purpose. They weren't impacted in a great way. But that tells you how susceptible people really are to them. I mean, come on, Lehman Russ. That's saying something. <laughs> so in addition to the mountains and the fauna, because this is just one of the deadly fauna that kind of lived in the forested areas of this place. And I couldn't really find much on the rest of the fauna, but what I could find was detailed wise was simply put, they were small, very easily hidden and extremely destructive on this planet. All the fauna was. So we had the geographical advantages they had, and then they enhanced those geographical enhancements. They also had the fauna advancements. They also had 
One thing that the other space marines did not on this planet, which was, you've said it tons of times, Mango, the focus on knowledge and specifically sorcery and psychic abilities. Because of this, this made them incredibly dangerous because a lot of their defense mechanisms could actually be utilized via remote kind of ways. They could actually use the the actual psychers that they staff their armada to actually engage the laser defense grids and just they 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 didn't have to physically be there to activate these things. And you even talked about it when you talked about how they turn an entire planetary system into a trap. I mean, these guys were, yeah, no. <laughs> so all of this being said, they, the planet itself was a utopia for outsiders, people looking for safety. And this was all at one point. And I'm not going to go much further than that in here. But at one point, they were a hospitable and safe haven planet that rose from the ashes. They had nothing when they first landed and then became everything. So that's kind of what I have on Prospero. Like I said, not a whole lot that we can go into right now because a lot of this stuff happens after the Horus Heresy and a lot of the evolution of this place and what it is today is after the Horus Heresy. So that's what I have for you on Prospero. <laughs> Arguably nothing truly happens before yeah. the Horus Heresy. This is just filler info for when we can talk about the fun stuff. Just know that they came from nothing. They started from the bottom now they're here. <laughs> I mean gold structures and marble structures pyramid-esque and Egyptian-esque designs. I mean, I mean, come on. Can you imagine coming from nothing? Yeah. I need at least like a Oh my God, I'm like done with you. <laughs> Benito, <laughs> done. Can't do it anymore. Oh God. Well, can you think of anything else? Any questions, concerns, comments, quips? I do have a comment. If you haven't picked up on it yet, as a listener, not just from the context in which we spoke, but really think about the fact that the space wolves, like these guys were never left alone ever. Not by the Imperium of Man, not by other settlers, not even so much as after other Primarchs and their legions. These guys were never really left alone. So what happens next? shouldn't really surprise you. <laughs> That's all I'll say. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's my only comment. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I do want to throw one thing out there. I, I appreciate those of you that are still here. Uh, I recognize for a little bit there, I posted some really random fucking shit instead of like information like this. Uh, those were supposed to be kind of basically filler episodes that I was going to scatter in, but then a bunch of stuff happened. Like I said, I just had surgery, crit, had an emergency. Life happened essentially, so I apologize for those, what, two or three episodes? We should be mm -hmm. back on track now. That shouldn't be 
going on. So, like I said, I just wanted to thank you guys for sticking around, holding my hand. I do want to say this too. As we grow as a company and as a network, there may be times where other people may occasionally guest in my stead. And that doesn't mean that I'm gone. That just means that we're doing a lot of big things behind the scenes. And that takes time and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of energy. And I will say we have a great team of people that's always ready to jump in and help wherever they can. So that's fantastic. But don't get discouraged if you don't hear my voice with uh, the lovely mango. The people here that we have come help us are still just as knowledgeable and still just as enthusiastic to be here as I am. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe some more, you know, I mean, some people are more, (laughs) but yeah, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. It just, these things to grow the things that you want to see us do. They take time, they take energy and there's a lot of behind the scenes effort that goes into this. And there are some times where I may have to take a step away and go, hey, I need to take a break or hey, I need to do this because it's a little bit more important than recording. Which we encourage (laughs) because you have two hands and 37 plates. I'm the greatest world, world's greatest server ever. You're you're like one of those juggler people who like puts plates on (laughs) sticks and then just keeps adding sticks and plates and he runs out of arm space. So it's like on his nose. He's got one in his mouth, like Uh, unzips his pants and he's spinning one on the tip of his dick. (laughs) That took time. That took time. (laughs) But yeah, I'm not going anywhere. It's just uh, when you, yeah, like you said, when you juggle a lot of things, sometimes things have to be put down so you can juggle a new one. So, but don't worry. You're still important to me and I still love you. That's all I have to say. I love, love you more. <laughs> okay, bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Warhammer Lorecast. If you like the show, please leave a five-star review. Tell a friend. That's how we grow. And stay tuned on that Patreon coming soon. And finally, shortly within the next week, we'll have our Twitter up and running. Make sure you reach out to us. Tell us what you think. And, of course, show us those armies. Until next time, dear listener, remember, in the 41st millennia, there is only war. <laughs>